Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And if you like this show, why don't you find the ratings and, and give us that five star that we've been asking for. Go on, do it. And as always, we taught judging in MMA, so you should be familiar with the criteria. You can read it at abcboxing.com. So, Dan, uh, obviously we talk judging on this show, being the couchside judges, but uh, you had a little bit of a different uh, priority when it came to judging the last few days, sir. Yep, I don't know the uh, the proper word. The, the The ceremony was called an investiture for uh, my cousin down in Florida, so I was there. I guess he's sworn in as a judge, which was uh, pretty cool. It's kind of more of a big deal than I, I anticipated. Yeah, and, and, you know, as much as we talk about judging in this sport, uh, mixed martial arts, judging uh, at the legal level is just a little bit more important. <laughs> just just a tad bit more not important. not to yeah. uh not to downplay the work of of the fine officials that work mixed martial arts but yeah obviously this is your, your cousin's a guy who's gonna be able to impact uh people's lives yeah that's, well, that's very well, interesting uh, yeah i mean we're all proud of him it was uh pretty awesome and uh yeah it was it was it was, it was really cool just make sure he keeps his ringer on silent during during uh <laughs> when, when when court's going on just make yeah. sure of that yeah but uh yeah anything else you have uh going on over the weekend i mean it was a busy one for you no nothing really uh, still, still was able to watch a little college football. Didn't get to watch any of the fights. I, I, I got to read the Bellator you results. You mean live? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did watch. I ended up. I had actually watched the fights. Let's say, sir, I, I can't wing this. Not so just without you. <laughs> I'm just gonna make it up. No, I, I mean, <laughs> I read about Bellator, and you know, I mean, it was uh, how it went down is exactly how I predicted. You couldn't find 92 seconds to watch Chris Cyborg just <laughs> just smash an Ada No, I, I did not watch that yet. All right. I probably won't either. No, you probably won't. I mean, it was a it was a decent ninety two second fight, I would say. Yeah, but right. uh, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I, so this morning actually, before my Carolina Panthers uh blew the doors off the uh, injury riddled Arizona Cardinals on the road, uh, keep pounding Cam, Cam Newton. Newton. Cam Newton came back, but before that, I was at a kid's birthday party, and it was one of these birthday parties where they had I, I think it's called like a like a video game trailer or video game bus or something like that. Oh, I know. You know about yes, these? Yes, I've heard about these. So this was my first experience with it. My boy was at a seventh birthday party, and uh, my, my older boy. And, yeah, I mean, they, they just kind of went into this bus, and they're playing, you know, Nintendo Switch and Xbox and PlayStation. There was a PSVR uh, over there, so, so my oldest got to play VR for the first time. Nice. Uh, he's not as big a gamer yet. I'm much more of a gamer than he is, but... I think he had a good time. I actually was playing uh, when, when <laughs> on the outside, some of the adults were like, there was a TV around, so we were like, yeah, sure, let's play. So somebody put on Mortal Kombat. Uh, uh-huh. the, I think it's the one that came out like six, seven years ago or something like that. So I was playing that with, uh, and I ran the table. No one, no one I, I was I was just going to ask, did you take it easy or did you just uh, be completely dominant over Look, everyone? I'm, I'm honestly <laughs> like not that good and I'm particularly like rusty, but... <laughs> No one, like most of the people I'm playing with, they're like, yeah, I used to play back in, uh, you know, I played Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I probably should be able to win. It would be bad if I didn't win. Uh, but it was fun. I mean, we had a good time. Nobody nobody was uh, dancing on anybody's. Uh, okay. You know, I did get a brutality on somebody, though. So that was fun. You remember the codes? No, or, no, or, no. Or the... I, I, no, I don't know the, fatal- the fatalities. The brutality, oh. I think, is something that in this game you had to do something like not block or not jump the entire round and then do a particular uh, special move during the match at the end to like oh, win okay. it. And that just happened. Like this was organic. Oh, it just... But it was fun. Okay, that's yeah, cool. It was definitely... Because I don't know the fatality, so then at least I didn't have to try yeah, to figure out I... what it was and then miss and then just be like, all right, I'll just punch you. Yeah, I, I, I think Mortal Kombat kind of jumped the shark when they started introducing characters from other franchises. Yeah, that was around this time. Actually... One or two games before that, I think they had Kratos from God of War mm-hmm. in, and I think that was just like the only one, and that was fine because it was like it was exclusive to the PlayStation. And I think just for one character, it wasn't so bad. But yeah, now they've obviously they've changed it. They've added, you know, in this particular game, you could pick Leatherface, Alien Predator, mm-hmm. um, who else? Jason was in this one. <laughs> yeah, so I think it would be fun. To make its own, and I don't want to go too deep into this because obviously we've got other stuff to talk about. But I, 
I, I think it'd be fun if they made a separate game with a bunch of like these type of things, like action movie heroes and, yeah. and horror villains and all these type of things. I think that would be cool to make its own video game where you fight like that. Sort right. of like they have with uh, Injustice is the one with DC superheroes. Okay. Or like do, yeah. Like Mortal Kombat celebrity version. Celebrity edition. Yeah. <laughs> Hosted by uh, uh, Will Ferrell as, as Alex Trebek. Yes. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> All right, that's, that's enough video game talk, enough party talk. Let's talk about fights. Let's talk about mostly about UFC Vegas 42, which we're now calling UFC Vegas 42 because what the heck? We we don't have a better name for that than this. I wonder how long it's going to run. A lot. Yeah. I can't wait until we get to UFC Vegas 100. I'm like, man, just think back to all of these UFC Vegas events that we had. <laughs> The Jessica I against uh, Cynthia Calvillo. We're really going to get our money's worth out of this Apex. We, I mean, we got our money's worth out of this particular event, I should say. This was a really fantastic fight card, Dan. Yeah, this was this was the card I've been rooting for since forever. Just everyone finish everyone. Yeah, and we actually, so we got nine out of 11 were finishes. Uh, there was one point where we had a string of seven consecutive TKO finishes. They were all TKO. <laughs> I mean that's that was just wild. Like it, even even the most boring fight of the night, which was the uh, featherweight women's featherweight fight between Felicia Spencer and Leia, whose nickname is Nidus. So Leia Nidus, uh, mm. uh, you get it? Mm. It's Leonidas is okay. uh, he was he was a, a Greek <laughs> historical figure from the movie Three Hundred. You showed me that that video. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. The, the... other one. Yeah. We don't we don't have to get bogged down in that yeah. one. We need too many tangents already. But um yeah, that that was a kind of a terrible fight for a while. It was just so lopsided and really not much going on other than Spencer just dominating. So to see your get the finish was actually kind of nice to keep the string going. Uh but I mean it was really just terrific. You had action start to finish. Um and the main event, which obviously it didn't go to a finish, but it was just phenomenal between Max Holloway and Yaya Rodriguez. This fight lived up to every expectation anybody had and it, it really kind of capped this three-week span of ufc events starting with uh, ufc 267 and it was just fantastic yeah this was a, a really good main event I, uh, two max holloway cards in a row on on fight nights i believe right what are you talking about i think max well in january i think he was a oh, fight night. oh yeah well it and was I, it, that was actually on abc too that's right okay so that, that was more of a big big deal because it was, it was a ABC, little bit bigger but, yeah so i haven't done an abc card in a while they did uh, Marvin Vittori, I yeah. think, was against... I think that was the one where he fought Kevin Holland, and then they haven't done it since then. I was surprised they didn't put UFC 267 on ABC. Yeah, I thought been, that would have been really hey, you good. Know what, yeah, middle prob- college football the, season. Yeah, that's, that is so. the actual problem. Yeah, now that I think about it, you're right. There's no way they would have done it, uh, which really is a case for them just not putting on fight cards during college football Saturdays. Just a thought. That one idea I had a while back, I'm down for... I know you're very against it, but which one? No pay per views in the fall. Well, like, they're not gonna do that though. They're I know, not gonna just not. take that time um, off because what are they gonna do? Put like these championship fights that they get backed up on on uh, I know regular TV. Goes, they're not gonna do it. it. Goes against what I believe in too, but I still like it. Yeah, can't support you there. Yeah. What about let's let's focus on Max Holloway. I mean, there was a fantastic fight. I don't know how much more we can add to the superlatives that everybody's been talking about throughout Sunday about this fight and even the the latter part of Saturday. What is next for Max Holiday? What What do you Holiday Max Holloway? <laughs> <laughs> what uh What do you want to see for him, and what do you think is going to happen? Well, the only thing that makes sense to me is Volk. Okay, you know you got to do the trilogy. Two razor thin losses that really could go either way. Mm. So I mean, I I don't think it's a hard sell there. People would get behind that one hundred percent. There's just no one else there, really. I guess I would be for a Connor rematch. For the simple fact that Max would probably be his best payday ever, and it would almost certainly be, uh, wouldn't be at uh, 145, would definitely be at 155. Sure. I just don't think it does anything for his resume. I mean, Connor's fallen off uh, considerably since. But it does at least settle the score between the two of them. He's he can always say that he got that one back. That there is something to that on the resume. Yeah, but I, I think more so it would be if he wants that payday and, and not be all for it for him. If sure. he wants that fight. It doesn't do anything for me as far as moving him forward. Okay. Really, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I largely agree with everything you're saying. I do think, realistically, you can give him the title shot and probably ought to give him the title shot because I just don't know who 
is deserving next to face Alexander Volkanovsky. I, you would have really needed Yair to win this one to kind of change things up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I would agree. But I will throw out a dark horse pick for a fight that could happen in the interim if, for some reason, it is not Volkanovsky next. Okay. Chan Sung Jung, the Korean zombie. Okay, I'm down for that. You know you want to see... I would, that would be fun. Chan Sung Jung <laughs> against Max Holloway. That would be fun. Yeah, I'd be down for that. And then realistically, that's pretty much everybody that Holloway needs to fight at 145 pounds to say that he's fought everybody. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, he's is, on, is mean, there anybody left? <laughs> I mean, they're never putting him against Ortega again unless Ortega was the champ. Giga Chikadze would be so, fun too, but I don't, you know, I don't know that, that they that would. That might be a ways away. Well, Giga, Giga's fighting. Uh, who's he got next? Somebody fi- coming up. He's fighting Calvin Cater in January. Okay, yeah. I mean, in theory, they could even put the winner. Well, not the winner because it couldn't be Cater. But if he beats Cater. Uh, please never put Calvin Cater in the same cage as Max Holloway again, <laughs> for Cater's sake. I that was brutal. Uh, but yeah, I, I think if Giga wins that one, you could realistically put him in there as either the next guy against Volkanovski, or you could put him against Max Holloway, depending on how things shake out. I wouldn't hate these scenarios, but I do think realistically Holloway has earned the right to get that fight back because it was so close the last time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of people just think he won and accept that he won. It, like it's close, it is what it is. Um, but I, I do think you can you can do that realistically, and I think it'd be okay. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I think I, I really at this point, I don't think anyone else has earned the shot to fight Volkanovski. Probably true. Yeah, so. Probably true. Again, maybe Giga if he wins. If they wanted to go for a fresh opponent, fine. That's okay. That's okay with me. Yeah, that'd be all right. All right well, you you love Giga too, though. So. Yeah. He's fun. He's a fun it fighter would, to watch. It would be. Yeah, but I mean, also that fight has other things regarding Yair Rodriguez, I was thinking. What are you thinking? I was thinking the loser of that fight fights Yair or okay. or give Yair Ortega. I think Yair against Ortega would be interesting, yeah. I, I like that. I mean, I also, I wouldn't mind, you know, maybe go Barboza against Yair and say, you know, maybe give him a little step down, perhaps. That could be. I mean, I mean, this kid, I, he just needs to, he's not even really much of a kid anymore. He's 29. He's He's been in the game a while. He just hasn't been very active. Got to fight. He's got to get more fights there, in. But, I, mean, I hope he's just, I hope he just fights somebody, honestly, next. Here's but, the thing. He looks good compared to, uh, um, can't even think of his name, Magomed Sharapova or Mar. Magomed Zabit Magomed Zabit, Sharipov. Yeah, that's it. Who yeah. we haven't seen in years. I don't know if he's ever coming. I don't back. think he's ever coming back. I don't know if he is. I, I believe he does have some some health issues. Is the, is the problem? Oh, okay. So, which is unfortunate because the last time we saw him, he won uh, a fight against Calvin Cater. I think that was a fight, if I recall, that was a three round main event. I know that because um, it was kind of like reshuffled into the main event status. But yeah, I mean, we saw Zabit fade in that one. So I, mm-hmm. I realistically, I don't think we can treat him as if he's ever coming back. If he comes back, that's a bonus for everybody. We'll see. So also, I want to I want to go back to Max real quick. Yeah. Volk's fighting, at, you know, once a year at this point. So why should it not be Max? Why are we going to make Max I could see Max him fighting twice around, next so. year. I, I understand what's been happening, but there's been a lot of weirdness in the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. I... I, I I think it's not because he doesn't want to fight twice. I think he just hasn't been able to. Pretty much because of COVID. Wow. <laughs> anyway. Um, but as far as, I mean, forget about like what you do with Yair next. What do you think of his performance? I, I thought, mean, I thought it, it really was, was impressive. I thought it was a solid performance. And unfortunate for him, he ran it to Max Holloway. Yeah. He's just not better than Max Holloway. And that's okay. But I, I think we can appreciate what Yair Rodriguez brought to the table for this fight. He was game. He landed some good offense made it fun very fun just unfortunate for him his opponent was better so yeah uh, but yeah I, I think this everybody is saying this it's not a, an original thought necessarily but yeah i mean this definitely raised yeah, your stock it reminded everybody what he can do how fun he is and you can put him in more main events like this against mm-hmm. guys who are interesting so whoever he is in there against next if he is headlining a fight night you're gonna be interested yes this is that will make it one of these like Rather than, oh, you know, I don't know how I feel about this main event. So, ooh, ooh, yeah, here. I like yeah. that. I mean, he should have been must-see must TV after the zombie fight. Yeah, but again, he, you know, momentum has been his yeah. issue. Can he can he stay active enough? Uh, that's always hurt him. So. Well, his foot looked like a balloon. I'm sure so. he'll need to heal that up. But, I, <laughs> you know, I imagine he'll be back in there, you know, sometime next year. Hopefully, hopefully in the first half of next year. We'll see. Yeah, first quarter. But that's enough of the main event. We do have to talk about, before we even get into uh, any contested rounds, and a real quick touching on Bellator, just a little bit more, uh, because I watched it at least. I think we have to talk about the stoppage in the Marco Sergio de Lima 
knockout victory over, or TKO, I believe it was, over Ben Rothwell. Uh, Herb Dean moves in to stop the fight. It's very early, but Ben is clearly hurt. Big Ben is definitely in trouble. He moves in to stop the fight. He kind of wraps his arms a little bit around uh, Delima's waist to almost stop him and then like pulls back. And then it keeps going for just a little bit. I don't think anything of substance truly landed in, in the interim. But then at some point, Herb comes back in again and is like, no, it's over. It's over. But he had already backed off and then come back in. And obviously, so, there is a lot. Herb Dean has become a lightning rod for this because we've seen a lot of either late stoppages or weird stoppages and things like that. Weird signals. I mean, I can think back to, uh, what was it, last summer? It was the, I think it was the the fight between Edmund Shabazian and and Derek Brunson, if I recall, there was kind of like a weird thing about how he used his arms to wave or not wave off the, the That's round right. of the yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's been a lot of, and it really does seem to be happening a lot with Herb Dean. It, it, it just is. I think it's... Manda Hebus and Marina Rodriguez was an interesting stoppage. From I don't her. remember that one off the top of my head. Which one was that? He ran in like he was going to stop, and then he backed off again, similar to this with Rothwell. I don't remember particulars of that one either but i mean at the very least this time it sure looked like he was touching delima there to kind of make him stop and then he didn't and that that's where and maybe maybe the hands weren't there but once you get that close i feel like you're interjecting yourself in such a way that at least confuses the fighters and that i i can't imagine this is what we want from officials and that this is proper protocol well I think the stoppage was fine. I think sure, 100% yeah. Rothwell was out. No, that was fine. I don't think Herb Dean what, made a bad decision to stop the fight at what, all. What happened is I think Herb, he steps in and then Rothwell starts stumbling and he actually takes, pulls guards or pulls side control, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I think Herb was like, oh no, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have stopped. It. He's still fighting. This is your speculation. Yes. Right? And then he's like, and and you know, credit to Rogerio Delima. He's like, uh, I thought you stopped it. I'm, should I hit him? He's like, no, I stopped it. I stopped it. And so, I know. So he's like, okay, I'll, I'll get off him. So um, he didn't beat Rothwell any more than he needed to be. Um, but yeah, I think it was just a little in- indecision from Herb and a little doubt as how, how I'm perceiving it. But, uh, you know, at, at least Rothwell didn't get smashed more because of it. So From talking with other officials that, you know, throughout this the length of this show that I think we've been doing and, and, and speaking to them and learning about how things go, it does seem like the one thing you want to see from officials and the officials like to like to be doing is you, you go with your gut and you go with it. You don't, you can't start second guessing your gut. And if his gut says move in and stop it, I feel like Herb just has to stop it. Period. Yeah. Like once it's there, just stop the fight. Like if he didn't get all the way to them to stop it and he wanted to pull back, fine. No problem. No problem. No problem. But to get to that point where you're, now you've got Delima's a little confused, like, is the fight going or not? Mm-hmm. He's now vulnerable in that scenario. What if Ben somehow is able to throw something up and knock him out because of the confusion? We can't have that. Yeah, that'd be wild. It would be wild, but it would. And and I I would imagine Herb Dean would be the last person who would want that particular event oh, to no. happen. Because, I mean, no. this is a man who trains officials. He's been... You know, regarded as one of the top officials for a very long time, but we we've, we've seen. I feel like time after time, when we're talking about these weird, and, and I don't even mean bad stoppages. I don't want to go into bad stoppages, but kind of weirdness in terms of the way these stoppages like occur. Mm-hmm. It often seems to happen from Herb Dean. Now he's in a lot of fights, so you know there's a lot of volume there. It's kind of like what I say when people complain about Sal D'Amato. It's like, yeah, you complain about Sal D'Amato because you hear his name every third fight. Right. Literally every third fight is he's he's on it. So it's it is what it is. You're going to hear his name a lot, but I I do think there's more to it than that. I I think there's just we saw a lot of indecision here and I think that's a that's something where you wonder about the confidence in the decision making. I don't know and I'm just speculating. I'm just speculating. I'm not in the man's mind, but if if I am right, I mean that's a bad thing. Yeah. I mean maybe he maybe it was just instinct to grab Instead, maybe he really just wanted to get a closer look, but he grabbed him and then realized, oh, no, I grabbed him. I got to go back in. I don't know. The fight's yeah. over. Who knows? Yeah, we're just, really again, so. we're, we're kind of just guessing here. But, yeah, it, it's not good, and it, it's really unfortunate because he is a top official. Although, I mean, I think for most of the year, we were seeing Herb Dean placed in the main event to referee these main events. And I have noticed in recent events, uh, recent fights that have been held in Vegas in particular, he is not always that main event ref anymore. This weekend, it was Mark Goddard. We've had Jason Herzog be in there before. Uh, I could be wrong, but I thought Mark Smith might have even had one assignment at the main event. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I might just be misremembering here. But He got a title th- fight. 
Mark Smith. Oh, okay. It was just fight. a title fight, but it was yeah. not one of the Not the main, oh. yeah. Sure, sure. Obviously, they're not going to do every title fight because that would just be silly to when mm-hmm. you've got such quality refs they bring in. Uh, I, You know, it's just something that I've noticed too. You know, I don't know anything more than anybody else, but maybe, maybe there is uh, something to the fact that they're trying other officials who have certainly earned the spot. And everybody agrees, I, I would think, except for maybe Colby Covington, that Mark Goddard <laughs> is one of the best refs in the world. Yeah. Uh, but what does Colby know? I really wish he was on that main event. I I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> Just fantastic that he was brought in by New York mm-hmm. to do the fights. And then he wasn't put on. You, you, they can't put him on the main event. I get it. Like at that point, it's it's too. And I, I'm sure Mark could have done the job totally ably, but it would have been a distraction. And I'm sure he wouldn't have wanted mm. for himself. Uh, but yeah, so they put him on obviously the co-main event, the other title fight, which was which was fine. And I definitely had a good little smile to myself, and yeah. I think a lot of people did. <laughs> Jason Herzog too. Again, uh, mm. shout out to some of these fantastic refs. And I look Herb, Herb Dean. I'm sure is capable of being that quality ref that we we came to know for so many years. But again, we're we're seeing kind of weirdness here, and I think it's unfortunate. But that was it for uh, Vegas. Though we do have uh, just like I said, a little thing I want to touch on with Bellator 271, which is in Florida. Uh, Chris Cyborg again. She smashed Sinead Kavanaugh, and that was really much. That was just about all there was to it. Except Kavanaugh, right before she did get knocked out, she did land a really good punch to Cyborg's chin. And it was like, a, oh, wow, you really connected with her. And it was like, well, that that's really just like a pyrrhic victory because Cyborg just, just like I said, smashed her right after that. And it was over. And, and we all remember it was it was almost like they made her. She made uh, Cyborg mad. And it was like, oh, OK, you, you hit me. Now I've got to finish it. And then it was over. <laughs> <laughs> Very impressive performance from Cyborg. Obviously, all the attention goes right to Kayla Harrison as a potential uh, opponent for her because she was cage side uh, she is a free agent this is a fight that through the media you know i've even spoken with uh kayla harrison before about this there's interest on both sides i think cyborg basically said she didn't necessarily want kayla harrison to distract from her big night which is totally fair um cyborg took care of her business and that, and that is her night um she didn't interject herself on kayla harrison's night you know a few weeks ago but is there anyone else Beyond Cyborg, uh, for Cyborg to fight beyond Kayla Harrison. How about no, Scott? <laughs> okay. Very nice, sir. Yeah, nothing. I, I got, I mean, that she should just. You got nothing beyond your Dr. They Evil? should just pay her to retire and be like, you're going to beat everyone anyway. So just, here's a boatload of money. Just retire. You're not interested in her, her versus Kayla Harrison? Other than that, no. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, just, there's just nothing. There's just. I don't, I don't know how much there would be for her either. I mean, she will have basically fought every single woman at 145 pounds of, of note. Uh, I don't believe she ended up fighting Megan Anderson, but I, I don't know that Megan Anderson would offer much of a challenge for her either. No. I don't, I don't know how much we need to see that fight. No, we, we don't need to see it. Yeah, so, yeah, it really it is. Kayla Harrison is the one that's of interest. I, I hope that Bellator does fork over enough cash to get her to come over there and, and make that fight happen because I know that's something that Harrison wants. She she does believe that there's only two women in the world that could really give her a challenge, and Cyborg would be one of them. Amanda Nunes would be the other, but they are teammates. Uh, not that they wouldn't fight each other. I understand that they would fight each other and be professionals, but that's it, from Harrison's standpoint, those are the only two women she really perceives as a true challenge to her. Uh, other than probably the polite things she would end up saying if she was scheduled against somebody else. But yeah, I, I don't I don't know what else you do with Cyborg. I, I wonder. I mean, she still seems to want to keep going. She, if she can look, if she can crush women like this forever, collect paychecks, why not? I don't I don't blame her. If she wants to keep going. Will she ever go back to one thirty five? Who's Cyborg? Yeah. No. I mean, she goes. She's never bought it. Josh, she never was. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say maybe put her and Shevchenko together at 135. No, 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 no. The, the lowest she ever got, she did. I think she did one or two catch weight fights at 140. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's the whole the UFC. deal. Yeah, Rousey said she wouldn't go up, and Cyborg said she wouldn't go down. Yeah, and gotcha. look, I don't blame Cyborg because uh, she's as big as uh, Aspen Ladd. Mm. And Aspen Ladd grossly uh, sucks out her yeah. body weight. So I will not be pushing for Chris Cyborg to go below 145 pounds. I, I never want to see that, actually, at this point. Um, but, yeah, she I mean, again, she can really do whatever she wants because none of these women, save for maybe Kayla Harrison, are really a challenge for her. I, there's nothing else I'm really interested to. I wasn't even interested in this one, but I had to watch anyway because, I mean, it's like watching a car wreck. It's, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 
that was that was all I had for Bellator. Let's move on to contestant rounds, which we don't have too many because so many of these fights ended early. Nine out of eleven, like we said. We only have three contested rounds, two of which were in our main event between Max Holloway and Yair Rodriguez. We had two 48-47 scores and a 49-46. No one out there seemed to think that Yair had won the fight. I mean, you can make an argument, I'm sure, for it. But I think everybody came away at least happy with the winner, happy that it was unanimous. But then people start freaking out about the way rounds one and two are scored. So this is where we step in, right, sir? Let's get to round one. Dan, what is happening in this crazy busy round one? Uh, Really good, fun round. Yair attacking the legs really well, some good kicks to the body. But Max is, is really just lighting him up to the head, snapping his head back, uh, bust his eye open. No, I think the immediate impact favors Max. These kicks were solid, and, and they and I think they they started to bother Max. Just it wasn't. I thought it, so too. Wasn't immediate. It was later in the fight they started to you know take their toll a bit. It's true, and you do have to weigh the immediate over the you know kind of that piling up. But I I do think there was immediate impact to some of that as well. Some of them, I, yeah, I mean, he, he guys, he's moving his leg out of the way. Yeah, but, I mean, there's uh, an immediate res, uh, um, reaction. result reaction yeah. uh, from that. So I, I, I don't even know that it's necessarily just something that you can kind of write off as and then, uh, better for later. But yeah, but al- but also the, what Max is doing, you know, he's he's ripping the body, good good head shots, heads getting snapped back, and the typical Max boxing. Yeah, Yair is Yair is congratulating him on some of the hits <laughs> to the face, like yeah, you got me. And that's like, but then he was yeah. giving it back. I mean, they were both giving it back to each he other. It was it that back. fun exchange. I think was... that I know you're referring to, right? It was when uh, when Yair lands on him pretty well, and then Max goes right back at him and lands probably a little bit harder. And he's like, "Okay, yeah, I got that." Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think this is a Holloway round ten nine. It, it's very close, but uh, I think Max wins it for the uh, the headshots. Yeah, it really comes down to when if you're making a case for Yair, especially if you're sitting at home. Uh, I will say that the judges uh, for this one, the breakdown before I get into my thing, uh, Derek Cleary and Sal D'Amato saw this one for Holloway. It was Ron McCarthy who was in the minority here seeing it for Rodriguez. I don't want to lump Ron McCarthy into what I'm going to say because he was cage side and has a different perspective. He he's, doesn't have a, a clicker that tells him how many strikes were landed. But I think a lot of people at home, when they see the numbers and say, oh, yeah, you're landing more strikes, they probably thought things were relatively even. Other than that, so they say, okay, it's got to be Yair. Not necessarily true. As we're talking about, it's the impact that's coming off of that. Just like Dan said, we have to give that effect off the striking. The, the, who's getting closer to the finish with their striking? And I do think that is coming from Max Holloway, too. Uh, but but again, Ron McCarthy being there, he can read that a lot differently. This is a, there's a lot going on in this round. A lot. Whenever you have that much and it's on both sides, it makes it very challenging to evaluate the winner of a round. So I'm certainly not upset that it didn't go the way I viewed it as far as Ron McCarthy's score. I think it's okay that this is a split round. I, I understand why even some people sitting at home were saying, okay, yeah, you won that round. But I do think going by the criteria, you, you kind of should give that one to Max Holloway. Yeah, I, I like I like a score for Holloway here. Mm-hmm. So we are we are united. We are not going to make this a cowside override, sir. Round two, though, again another busy round, and I do think though this one was a little bit more surprising to people that that it was split. I did. I don't know if you agree, but why don't you go into what happened? Well, Rodriguez had a really strong first minute. He came out and he, he started landing to the head pretty good. Thing is, Max is just so tough, and he was keeping pace the whole way. The light kick seemed to hurt Max a bit more this round. I thought they were a bit more effective. They were very effective. Max was really just slamming the head and body the entire way, and I, I think I think you got to weigh that uh, in favor of Max. I mean, really strong punches. The head the head's getting snapped back like a like a rock'em sock'em robot kind of. You know, I mean, I think it's ten nine Holloway, but his legs also pretty chewed up. So I could see the case. So you you would think that Derek Cleary might have seen it that way because of the leg kicks. Is that what you're kind of implying? I also think he had. I mean, he he it was it was a good round. It it wasn't. Wasn't a bad round for for Rodriguez. He he had like I said he had a strong first minute. I was like he like really took over that first minute. It's just Max was better for the the other four. Sure. So sure, absolutely. And you know I think we see this from a lot of Holloway fights just in general. Not to get too far off topic, but Holloway has this tendency to have some kind of close rounds that can go either way. 
And then he has the couple rounds that are very strong for him. So then when they end up getting to the scorecards and it's not some sort of like overwhelming score that looks like it should be for Max Holloway, people get a little confused, especially if they don't understand the criteria and how it works. They sit there and they say, well, Max obviously won this. He, he had the bigger rounds one. But that's the problem with the 10-9 being the absolute dominant score being given out, you know, 90 plus percent of the time. Mm-hmm. We have an issue where people say, oh, it, it ought to be scored heavier. It's like, oh, maybe it ought to be. But that's not the way it works. So you just you don't live in that world. Yeah, I think Brendan Fitzgerald said, oh, I think that's a 10-8 for round three or four. Round three, I believe, was what he was um, saying. Yeah. And Bisping was like, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I think Bisping so. is just a little bit more in tune. No offense to uh, Brendan Fitzgerald, but I do think he actually has done a decent job of educating himself on the way the criteria is applied. Uh, it's far from perfect, but if you're going to tell me I have to pick one of the fighters who is typically on commentary for UFC cards and he's got to be one of the three judges that's cage side to evaluate it, I would put him there over any of them and probably pretty easily. I, I would agree. Not DC. Can't be DC. And especially it, it really, can't be Dom. Can't, can't be Dom. No Dominic Cruz. You know, it's funny. Felder... I mean, he's like, I'd hate to be a judge for this fight. And I hear him say that for a lot of... He has a lot of respect for the position. He, I think he, he says does. that, but then he'll be very quick to get on someone. How'd, they, how'd that guy win that round? How'd I know, guy? I know. I, I so, think there's just a tendency to do that. I, But I do think that comes from his... You know, he's he's still getting used to the role, too, and he is still a former fighter, and it's probably hard to separate yourself too much from yeah. that. But you can tell, at least, he does have a healthy respect for the position, even when he says stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they always do sometimes, you know, but uh, I mean, even Rogan says that, but you know, Rogan says a lot of things. So he says a whole lot of things, <laughs> <laughs> but to get back on this one, yeah, I, I saw this as a Holloway round. Um, I can see why again, I think the leg kicks especially are, are something that lend a lot of um, credibility to this being a Rodriguez round. Maybe they maybe they seem better live than, than they do on TV. I don't know. Um, that's something that, you and I just don't understand because we're not sitting cage side, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say, having attended the fights recently, and again, I was 10 feet away, you do see things a lot differently when you're there, when you can hear the noises, when you can feel it you know, in the air than you do on TV. It just feels different. Yes, it does. But yeah, so Sal D'Amato and, and Mark, Ron McCarthy, they saw it our way. Uh, we're not overturning this one. This, we, you and I, we all had the same scorecard as Sal D'Amato. This was 49-46. Rounds one through four for Holloway. Fifth round goes to Yair. Really good way to close. Really good way to finish. He, I think they kind of threw out the game plan at the end, and they said, okay, just just go have fun out there more or yeah. less, and, and it kind of worked for him. I, I mean, I wonder if that would have helped earlier or not. I don't know. Maybe it was just the fifth round. He he had that hunger to do something there. You like to see that. Yeah. He, he's a fighter's Well, fighter. they said that he needed a finish. So. Yeah, but, but like sometimes you go out there, and it's still hard to do it, but but he went out in there, and, and I all the credit in the world to Yair yeah. Rodriguez. One more round to talk about. We don't have too much, like I said. And this one comes from uh, the Chaos Williams against Miguel Baeza fight that I was very much looking forward to. Uh, round three, TKO stoppage in this one. Chaos wins. Uh, a very entertaining fight, I thought. Round two is our split round, which again, didn't matter. But you never know what could have happened. In, you know, if, let's say it goes all the way to the cards and nothing happens in round three like that. Let's break down what happens here, sir. What's happening in this round? I'm, I'm, I want to first off say I'm kind of glad round one wasn't the split round. Oh, yes. Thank you. I'm glad you brought this um, up. Because, I mean, I thought that was pretty clear. Chaos Williams won that round. And and I'm glad you brought it up again because we had that discussion from the commentary team that was kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, I wonder which way they went because yeah. because Baeza, you know, he was going for the leg log and everything like that. And, and Williams is eating all the punches. And it's like, man, I wonder how people are going to see it. <laughs> And then they just put a bunch of scores up there uh, saying, oh, yeah, it's, uh, I think Aaron Bronsteader had 10-9 Williams. Yeah. And then it's uh, Ryan Frederick, former guest of our show, uh, was on there, had 10-9 Williams. And then they had Sean Sheehan. Up. No, no, it was, was not Sean Sheehan. Was it, uh, who was it, the third one? I can't remember. I have no idea. doesn't matter. It was three people who also agreed, Chaos Williams, and they were all like, oh, well, I guess we're wrong. That's yeah. <laughs> shut up. I've been sure enough all three judges did see it for Chaos Williams because- yeah. The impact from those strikes was much more uh, effective than the leg lock that was being attempted right. from Baeza. Easy call. Uh, round two is where we're split here. So what is happening? I thought it was a, a really close round. Okay. Uh, both landed really strong. I think the difference for me in this round actually is the leg kicks from Baeza. I think they're much stronger. 
I think Williams probably landed a bit stronger to the head, but Baeza also landed some good strong ones of his own. So I think just because he's behind a little bit upstairs, the impact from the leg kicks are pulling him ahead. And I, I you know, much different from the fight we just talked about, really, because I, I didn't think, you know, the leg kicks did that. Yeah. So. No, I'm with you. I, I think the leg kicks easily are, are what makes this a, a, a good, solid round to give to Baeza. I don't, is it crazy to go for Williams in this round? No, I mean, he, he lands a little bit more. His punches are crisp and all that. But I do think ultimately, uh, the, you know, those thudding leg kicks that are landing and obviously bothering Cass Williams mm-hmm. and the way he's moving. I mean, body language can certainly help tell the tale. And I think in this case, it really did. And I imagine that was why Ron McCarthy and Adelaide Bird saw this one for Baeza as well. Mike Bell was our out judge on this one, saw it for Williams. Not crazy. Not crazy to go that way, but I, I think I'm okay with it uh, being a Baeza round. And again, not that it mattered, because Cass put the chaos on him in round three. That was that was something. But I do want to talk really quick, too, before we finish up contested rounds, about this round in particular. It had two stoppages due to low blows from Cass Williams to Baeza, right? Mm-hmm. That first one, kind of that grazing shot, really didn't necessarily seem to damage per se uh miguel baeza he's kind of just he, it landed and we knew it and he's kind of like mm, this is uncomfortable let me shake this out a little bit so he's doing that and uh and, and chris tonioni he gives the warning says you know control your weapons you know it's it, it's on you i know it, it wasn't meant to but it was you know you got it it's up to you to do that later on near the end of the round i think it's like 15 seconds to go or something like that it was very late uh a lot harder i believe it was a knee that lands yeah, in right the against the cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So knee that lands in the clinch, uh, from again from Williams to Baeza, and this one obviously was much more damaging. This was, he didn't have someone who was milking it here. We saw the way he reacted the first one. He was hurt, and what we get is uh the absolute last warning. Was that the official uh, language used by Chris Tonioni yes. too? The absolute last yeah. warning. The guy's damaged. Take a point. I'm sorry. It, it, you got to take the point. He, you already warned him. You warned him in the back. That's two warnings. You don't need two warnings. Yeah, that. See, I would have had an issue if if he took a point for the first one. Yeah, I think so. Too. I mean, it's he did. He got a lot of the thigh. It was just a grazing, grazing blow. And he visibly so, just wasn't hurt. The second one, that's a bit, bit much. Yeah. So I think again, you can take points for two reasons, and you can take them both at the same time or, or alternately, right? Because we've we've talked to officials. They've they've walked us through this. You can take it for damage. Mm-hmm. because damage occurs here and then i think it's it's kind of referred to as intent but it's really more of uh you know what what happened in that strike was it was it kind of an egregious type of thing or was it more of an incidental mm. contact here i do think that this was was a little more incidental in the sense so i don't think you would take two points by any stretch here in any way but I really do think the one point for the damage is totally justified. Yeah. If and he, I would like to see that. If he took a point here, there shouldn't have been any issue. I mean, there would have been a huge issue, but there shouldn't have been any issue. No, no. I, I think most people would agree that the second one was yeah. the, the take the I point territory. Absolutely. I, I think you could probably get a few people would be a little annoyed about it, but it's in the rules. It's totally within the rules. It's consistent with what officials are willing to do. But you would just like to see officials do that a little bit more. And I know they don't love to interject themselves into the fight, but when you're when you're not taking a point for this, you're also doing that because you're allowing something like this to go unchecked. And that puts Baeza in a bad situation, too. Yeah, that's true. So I, I don't necessarily love that. It's kind of like the the whole idea of, uh, you know, you can't study nature, you know, and and not change it. You're Once you're there, I'm, I'm stealing this from, I think, the Jurassic Park sequel, The Lost World. Uh, <laughs> I love those movies. But, yeah, what you study, uh, you also change. And I think that's kind of the way here. Like, once you're the referee, whatever you do or don't do, it's still your call. I would love to see officials get more willing to take the point here. It's purely on damage, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm fine with it. But that is all I had to say about that. I I think we can move on uh, from our contested rounds. Move into our favorite finishes of this card, sir. Again, 9 out of 11, 8 by TKO or KO, 1 submission. Uh, so there's one option for you if you if you just want to go for the sub as you often do seven straight TKOs like I said and five of these fights ended in round one it was very efficient uh, fight night card I think we were all very happy about that well no shock here I'm gonna go for the sub of course you do but not because it was the only one not by default not by default I mean it was a he stuns uh, Rafael Alves gets a guillotine choke over Mark Chikese but to lead up to it he lands a a big left which 
stuns Jacquezi, hits him with a big flying knee, which drops him. And in the midst of it, he just grabs the neck, dives on it, chokes him out. That's fair. That's fair. Totally up your alley. Yeah. Like so- I said, it was kind of predictable. But either way, <laughs> whether you're, whatever your reason was, I'm just saying it was predictable. I figured you'd go uh, there. Yeah. Which, which way are you going? Oh, I, I had to go with Williams because, it, it, like I said, in round three, he gets that TKO finish. He just crumbles by Aza. Uh, it, with yeah. A, what was it? A left? That lands or it was, right. it was a right. It Thank you. Right. It was a right, like kind of a like a short hook, right? Um, I mean, well, there was a left thrown before the yeah, right. Yeah, it it's, it's in a little whirlwind. bit of a firefight there, and he lands the really hard one there that puts him down, and, and he kind of just falls down. Like, uh, <laughs> I think someone was using this for a different fight uh, earlier today, but I saw it on Twitter, and someone was comparing it to when Andy comes upstairs and the toys are ready to fall <laughs> yeah. down in Toy yeah. Story. They got They got to <laughs> go back down in sitting position. It's a little bit like that. So. Uh, now that you mentioned that, I I got to watch Toy Story four for a bit. Oh, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Not the whole thing. Not well, the whole Toy Story uh, well, I was watching college football, and then they're like, oh, the kids want to watch Toy Story, so we're gonna put that on. I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'll watch and pass out. I would actually so. be more excited for Toy Story four than for college football. Okay, that's funny. Yeah. But. All right, but back to your uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your finishes. But yeah, that was I thought that was terrific, and it, again, it was totally. It satisfied my expectations for this fight because as much as I was looking forward to the main event, as we all were, this was one that I was very much looking forward to as well because Chaos Williams is a lot of fun to mm-hmm. watch. I'm very excited to see how he develops. I hope that he uh, can kind of measure up against you know other styles as well, guys who are just not going to just mostly strike with him and that kind of thing. I, I hope he can manage the wrestlers and really apply that power because it, it would be very interesting to see what he can do at uh, 170, right? This is 170. Yeah, they they the announced team was they were spot on. It's kind of like they were leading us towards that finish. They're like, you can't, you got to watch for the low kicks against him. Like the whole fight, mm-hmm. they said it, and then off the low kick, he knocks him out. So absolutely, yeah, wonderful. He's always fun to watch. I look forward to him again. Bay is fun to watch too, and 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 I would love to see him fight again, but it just didn't go his way this time. Uh, an honorable mention too to the uh, the curtain jerker of the event, Dylan Jung. Gets the standing elbows in the uh, right up against the cage to smash Kennedy and Zechku. That yeah. was a lot of fun too. I I didn't want to like I I well, think because we had so many finishes, we got to call them out, right? What was impressive about that one was none of these elbows were landing clean. They were landing on the guard, but they were so and they hard. Were knocked them out. They were so <laughs> hard. He fell down again, kind of like one of Andy's toys. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. That was that was a wild one. So shout out to that. I think. You know, it's funny, as many as uh, finishes we had, not all of them were like epic finishes. Like one was a you know a stoppage between rounds. Um, yeah. Then you know we had you know some some less uh, exciting ones, kind of like the the Spencer uh, Letson one I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we highlighted probably the ones that were like the three most exciting, like really the most exciting on the card, and the rest were like they were fine, but we got finishes. Any finish is always pretty good. Yeah, Matt, uh, I didn't see the Calvillo fight. Was it a good corner stoppage? I guess. Well. If I recall, someone pointed out today that it was actually a uh, a stoppage by the doctor's advice. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't want anyone to think that the corner actually was looking for out for their fighter here. They're not. <laughs> they're not doing that. The doctor is doing that. Okay. We don't want anyone to think that the corner is interested in the welfare of the fighter. <laughs> Please, don't don't get it twisted. <laughs> Uh, but that is that is it uh, for the finishes uh, and really this event. Why don't we uh, real quick look ahead to UFC Vegas 43, which has the weekend to itself as far as uh, the major shows. De- Bellator's off until December, actually. I don't think they're back on like December 2nd or something. So. Nice Thanksgiving break. For you especially, because you hate talking about Bellator. Not if it's interesting. I love the Grand Prix stuff. I know, I know. But your interest in it is very uh, narrow. Yes. It's fair to say. Uh, but Vegas 43, it's, uh, you know, d- just to highlight it real quick, it is starting at 6 p.m. main card on Saturday. That's Eastern time uh, for everybody. We've had a lot of uh, the earlier start times of late with these fight nights, which makes me uh, both happy and sad because it often coincides with the time that is absolutely the worst time for me to watch fights. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to always figure it out and kind of miss a lot and then I catch up later. Um, but it is what it is. This actually is a decent time. I, 6 p.m. I don't mind. Four o'clock was kind of rougher. Um, the headliner, Ketlin Vieira and Misha Tate, 135 pounds. Not everybody's always looking forward to the uh, women's bantamweight division, but I think this is an interesting matchup. I really do. Yeah, I, it could be. I mean, Vieira's coming off that that interesting loss to Yana Kunitskaya. Remember that one round where you know she had her back for like four and a half minutes. 
Yes. And then got smashed in the final 30 seconds. And she lost the fight because she yeah. didn't do anything in that round right. that was effective uh, offense. Exactly. Um, and the thing with Vieira here, and this is why I tend to, to think that Misha Tate's going to get this fight and get the win, Vieira fades. Yeah. And I, there's I, five rounds here. Misha Tate can fight five rounds. Misha Tate can go five. She knows she's a champion fighter, a former champion fighter who won her fight or won her title fight in the UFC to become the champion with a fifth round comeback. Mm-hmm. That was a wild against fight. Holly Holm. That was wild. My and everybody goodness. forgets about that fight because it happened to be the fight right before uh, Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz had their first fight. Yeah. So it almost gets swept under the rug, but that was, that was a fantastic fight in and of itself. That'd be a good one to actually go back and watch for uh past judgment. Just for, just for, uh, just for giggle. Yeah. Right. Um, but, but again, that one actually didn't go to the cards. So that, that's another one of those ones like we've been doing lately where we, that we would go be back. even tougher. It might be. It might be. But we can. I mean, shoot. Why don't we just watch it for fun? Yeah, um, we can do that. But I, I do think Misha Tate's going to get this. I think probably a stoppage could be tough. But I mean, she's, she's a tough gal. She's looked she looked good in her comeback. And I think this is appropriate matchmaking for her. I'm going to go Misha Tate decision. Late finish. OK. Again. Round rear, five. Rear naked choke. No, round four. OK. Round four. All right. You heard it from Dan. And, I, you know, if she does win this fight, maybe we'll be talking about this next week, so we don't want to go too crazy into it. But I wonder how close she would be to being put in there for a rematch for the title just because of her name value. And, you know, I don't know how much anybody else is looking forward to anybody else fighting Amanda Nunes. So who knows? Yeah. I wonder. That'd be very interesting. Um, we'll answer those questions next week, if nothing else. Uh, but we do have some decent other fights on this card. Co-main's nice with Michael Chiesa and Sean Brady, one of your guys. Sean Brady's interesting. We're I looking mean, forward to that, I'm sure. I think he's got some interest for us because guy likes to get 10-8s. So. He does, does. I think that you know, we might have some interesting... I mean, Michael Chiesa's very tough, so who knows? But I'm going to pick... I'm actually going to pick Chiesa in this one. You know what? I am going to pick Brady, and you know why? Oh. It's because I do think those fighters who tend to get those 10-8s they tend to rise to the top. You know who used to get a lot of 10-8s? Me? Kamaru Usman. Oh, yeah. Kamaru Usman used to get a lot of 10-8s on the way to the top. Guess not me. And there's and, and so did Khabib. And I'm not... <laughs> I, I don't want to be like Khabib Nurmagomedov, Kamaru Usman, Sean Brady. We're not there yet. That's that's way too soon to be talking like that about this guy. And I know you're even high on him. I'm, but, ver I'm very you're high not even on Brady. The win I, but you know what? I love Chiesa. So... But I do think there is something to, to those guys who get regular 10-8s. They... If you do that, it, they do seem to rise to the top a lot better. So I will I will pick Brady, and I'm going to pick him, I will say, by decision. I do think it's going to be a decision. I don't know that he's going to get any 10-8s either. But. It's it's so weird because you see guys like Michael Chiesa, who's such a good grappler, mm -hmm. and what he did to— Both, uh, both submission and in wrestling. Right. And, yeah. And he, lose, and he, you know, he lost to uh, the guy from Detroit, Kevin Lee. The guy from Detroit. I like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, by submission, so it's like he does. He has a lot of submission losses in there. It, it's it's funny how yeah, I think so, he also lost to Anthony Pettis by uh, by submission, didn't he? Did he? I, I'm I, sure I he think, probably. I think did, he did. Yeah. I think that was his last fight at 155 before he moved back up. And then better, he, good call. Sean Brady's a super good grappler, <laughs> but is. but he has a also you know beat up Neil Magny. I mean, I don't know if Neil Magny's as good a wrestler as uh, Sean Brady is. I don't know. Um, so I, I'm gonna lean. Uh, yeah, I'm going with Kiesa. Now nah, I'm gonna pick Brady. I feel good about it. Decision though. Anyway, I mean, I'll, I'll be, you? Uh, yeah, I think okay. it's decision, yeah. All right, so we'll be sitting there waiting for the cards uh, to see who gets the call, uh, and then we'll forget about my picks because I always forget about them. Just remember you got the Brady Bunch. You never keep me honest with my picks. I told you, you got to start like reminding we, – we should like include into the show where we go over – what the picks were. Okay. So you should probably write these down and, and be like, all right, what do we do that? What, how do we do with our picks? <laughs> and then be like, well, Scott, now I'm going to hold you accountable and say, well, you got everything wrong because you're dumb. Dummy. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> Every time I call you dummy, I'm going to get to make that noise. Okay. You can do it in, in your own terrible <laughs> okay. way and I'll do the really good one <laughs> for when we do the catch side overrides. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to see? Uh, Ronnie Yaya. Okay. Uh, just because his fight's going to go one way. I've always enjoyed his uh, his name, Ronnie Yaya. Yep, is is a fun one. Who's he fighting? Kyung Ho Kang. Kyung Ho Kang. Okay, I like him. I like him too. Um, I'm actually gonna pick Kang in that one, and I will say the decision. No, Ronnie Yaya choke out. I say that uh, Yaya is going to run out of gas as he often does, and uh, Kang's gonna come back and win. Okay. I also want to see uh, Lupi Godinez, who 
just can't say no to fights. She's she is totally your gal. Yes, she dude. is. Dude, she is. I she mean... has fought. She will have fought three times. Assuming she makes it to Saturday without any trouble, she'll have fought three times since the start of October. And I, I respect stepping in the cage that many that many times, but I, I respect winning also. <laughs> so if you can't win all the time, you get in there. I mean, that's why Hannah Cyphers is kind of not. Because they kept throwing her in there too. This was a different thing that when but, she when she took that second fight, the the, the second one in in eight days or whatever it was, the, the, basically she fought in consecutive uh, fight fight mm-hmm. night cards. That one was up in weight, and she was so clearly not. Uh, I think she was like several pounds under 125 pounds. She's at 115 here. This is her weight okay. class. She's probably a 105 pounder when you really get down to it. But um, this is her weight class, and she's fighting Loma Look Bon Me, who is also a very small 115 pounder. And I think that's going to be a fun fight. Uh, but I will pick uh, Look Bon Me. Uh, I like I like the the Muay Thai specialist here. No, because I want her to win. I will go with uh, Loopy. Okay, that's fair. You got a you got a method or round yeah. or whatever. Uh, well, one, it's one fifteen, so I'm just going to assume decision. Yeah, that's fair. So. That's fair. Um, and then of course also uh, a shout out to the return to the cage of Cody Durden former guest of our show as well, who's back for the first time since he tore his ACL. He's going to be facing a Richie Lang at 125 pounds. I'm interested to see how that one goes, too. I'm going to go with Durden, rear naked choke. I'm going to say Durden decision. Okay. And also Taylor Santos is also on this card. Who's she got? Uh, Joanne Wood. Joanne Calderwood, now known as Joanne Wood. That's right. So that's a pretty good fight. Mm-hmm. I... You know, there was a lot of speculation about like what she could have done with her name, and there was there was people saying she could have hyphenated and been Calderwood Wood because that would have been a little weird. But someone suggested Wood Calderwood, like James Bond style, mm. and that would have been fun. <laughs> I think she could have also just kept it as Calderwood, but then made the the Wood capital letters, okay, so, or just the Wood part, the W. So it would have been like the same name, but she's like kind of keeping it. Uh, it's fun. And change her nickname to the Woodchuck. No, that's terrible. How much wood could Calderwood wood if wood could chuck wood Calderwood? None of that was ever good. But, that, I, but I, mean, I appreciated it. I appreciate it, sir. It was an attempt. <laughs> I, I applaud you for that. Very good. That does it for this episode. The Couchside Judges will be back again on Monday to uh, break down all the fights we just talked about. Absolutely, and uh, and hopefully Dan will try to stay away from tongue twisters next time. But we'll see. Maybe maybe we'll get she sells seashells by the seashore. Yes, something about selling pickled peppers. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Have a good week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>